0: Now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, certified accountant, stockbroker and financial planner. All right, Mark, now you talk Thursday Finance. Stephen Pritchard is back for another week. Another big show coming up, mate. Another big show, like always, Mark. What what do we have on the board today? Uh,
1: First up, we've got currencies and commodities with uh, me. And then we've got Henry Jennings um, giving us a a, a wrap-up on what's happening in the market for the week. And then we're going to talk a bit later after, Henry, on estate planning for...
0: Having a look at the currency and commodities. What's happening in the marketplace? Uh, we've
1: had a bit of a mixed bag over the last week. Um, um, the copper price was um, uh, down $187.50 a tonne to $8,684 a
0: tonne. It won't be worth stealing out of old building sites at the uh, moment.
1: <laughs> no, there's a bit of a story about that later with BHP as well. And uh, the nickel price was down $362 a tonne to 17524 and the crude oil price was down $2.76 a barrel to $112.95 Australian. Hang on, the petrol price is not coming down, though. Yeah. Not just... Oh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah, we're down by 0.9 cents a litre.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, My Christmas is looking a lot <laughs> That's better. That's the
1: bit that you drop out of uh, <laughs> petrol. The stuff yeah. that it doesn't allows, make it in. Yeah, it doesn't make it in the tank, you know. Um, and so the, the currencies. is... Um, we, we were down against the US dollar by a, a fraction to 71.09 compared to 71.24 cents last week, so there's no real change there. Uh, the Great British Pound were 54.25 uh, pence, which is um, marginally up. And against the New Zealand dollar, we were down um, about half a cent to $1.857. And against the euro, we were... Uh, um, up um, 0.38 pence, euro pence, to 61.81. So overall, the currencies, there's no big changes in there. Um, the equity market's pretty quiet around the world, but at least they're kind of in the right direction, most of them. Uh, the S&P, uh, sorry, the All Ordinaries was up 53.7 points to 6,047. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. We're basically back where we were at the beginning of the year here. Uh, the S&P 500 was up 80. 8 points to 2,809 and the uh, UK FTSE we don't have the numbers for this week. Um, And some local stock, or some stocks that local investors tend to like. Um, BHP, the old favourite locally, uh, was up 26 cents to $33.66. So that's a bit of a bright spot there and uh, unfortunately CBA is continuing its drift downwards so we're down another 10 cents to 66.9 $66.90 66 point, 60, $66.90 and NIB was up $0.03 cents to $5.42 and poor old Tolstera was down another $0.05. Cents. Um, there was a bit of fireworks at the AGM. Oh, and so what, I, what happened at the AGM you know, then? We'll talk a bit about that. Okay. One. A bit yeah, later? Yeah, a bit later. Shareholders are quite rightly getting very upset. And um, the petrol price, as you spoke to earlier, uh, $1.54.9 a litre, which, which was down by Point nine cents a litre again. Wow. <laughs> uh, and Sydney are 50.4 cents a litre, which was down th- four cents a litre. And the diesel price are 162.1 6 cents a litre in Newcastle and a 16 1 dollar 6, $1. 60.8 cents a litre in Sydney. Henry, one out of yeah. our news a little while ago that Roger David
0: are going to wind up.
2: Yes, I, I didn't even know they were still going, I have to say, Mark. I'm, I'm surprised, but um, I guess I'm not really surprised because uh, retail is a tough business, um, and unless you're doing it really, really well, it really is quite hard to uh, to make a quid out of it. We've seen even things like Max Brenner, uh, which does the uh, the chocolate cafes. I mean, they've, they've struggled. They've gone into administration. I think they've been rescued now. But if you can't make money selling chocolate, um, it's, it's tough out there. Petrol's getting expensive. Everything's going up and um, discretionary spending takes a hit.
0: You've got to be good at it. Mm. I, did, I did have a look, though, when Max Brenner decided they were going to wind up a few of their stores. Mine was safe, so that's OK. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> good, the that's good. You can, you can still get
2: your
1: chocolate hit. Yeah, well, if they're not making out of Charles, money out of the Charlestown store, they'll never make money out of anything.
2: No. <laughs> it's,
1: it's always full up there, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's,
2: yeah. A few that, there's a few around me that are always full as
1: well. Yeah, and yeah. so, so uh, the, the Telstra chairman, I'm sure he would have been... A, Rather have been at Max Brenner's than the, the Telstra meeting. So, uh, yeah, a few fireworks, and he seems to have admitted that the executives are overpaid.
2: Well, we know that. Um, it's, this has Beyond become the, this this AGM season has become the killing season. Um, I was actually on ABC this morning talking about this because there is there is a nasty, ugly mood out there in the in the. Um, in the populace at the moment, and we're seeing it with politics. We're certainly seeing it with this backlash in Wentworth by-election, and we're seeing it very much in in the attitude of shareholders towards these very generously um, compensated uh, boards and CEOs. Telstra had 62% of their shareholders voted against their remuneration structure, which they seem to have spent most of the year trying to get right. Instead of trying to get the business right, they spent most of the year arguing amongst each other about how much they were going to pay each other, which does seem ridiculous. Um, Tabcorp followed it up yesterday. They got 40% strike against them. This is what's called uh, And how that's going to go you know, so um yeah it's it's shareholder activism is alive and well and it's i guess it's a symptom of, of people's um you know, mistrust now of institutions and, and and fairness these guys get paid five six million dollars and the share price halves yeah, I,
1: I, don't, I don't think it's also that i not think it's also just reflected the share price i mean the share price is kind of reflecting that the results from the businesses are atrocious yeah
2: so. well that that isn't it, yeah, really? I yeah,
1: mean, the that's share, if, you, if, you, if you're doing a good job in the business, the share price uh, will follow. And what, what uh. amazes me is these people are already on high base salaries mm. and, what, and why do they need all these short-term incentives just to, to equal the performance of every other company? i tell you what,
2: Steve. If someone pays me 5 million dollars a year I'm not going to need any short term incentives but they do I'm going to be there for 2 years and that'll be me but, the, but I'll they be gone
1: but, but you've forgotten the tax industry, so you'll be paying half of that in tax but they do
2: I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a great accountant like yourself yeah. can uh, can can negate the tax
1: yeah we can do so. But you know what I mean they're getting 5 yeah, million yeah. a year and then they have to have these incentives just to do their job that they should have been doing
2: Um, it was it was an interesting speech from uh, the Telstra chairman. I think he called them. Um, the, <laughs> he compared them to the witches of uh, Macbeth. Yeah. There, there was a reference there, which was very um, very Shakespearean and, and, and tr- full of tragedy for Telstra shareholders. I guess yeah, not,
1: not the board.
2: Not the, not the board. No, mm. it's never that. For the board, um, and what's even worse is by the time you get the second strike and everything starts to unravel, um, a lot of the people have kind of moved on and taken the money, mm-hmm. um, and um, so you don't really get that retribution. But there certainly is some, some pitchforks out at these uh, AGMs at the moment.
0: Henry, I've just done some quick um, calculations on the five million dollars they're getting paid a year, even if you're losing half of that in tax. Some money. That, that would be about right, Stephen. You would yeah, lose half of that. No, not quite, but, so, but roughly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's still four thousand eight hundred yeah. and seven dollars and sixty nine cents per week.
2: Thousands well, if you if you if you think there's two hundred and fifty business days in the year and you're going to get two and a half million, <laughs> it's not bad, is it? Yeah, if a if you spend a, if you spend half an hour in, in a in a meeting, it's got to be worth it. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. We, we just have to be slow. Not going to be our problem, Stephen. No, no. I can't see me being the CEO of NABS anytime soon, or Telstra. Uh, you couldn't do a worse... Could be dude. last man standing. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so speaking of that, Firetrail, which is a boutique fund manager of the ex-Macquarie people, I think, uh, yeah. We're going to raise money in a uh, listed investment company. Everywhere I turn, there's these new listed investment companies appearing, so they've cancelled theirs.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it was sort of the, the, um, the, the one to have. It was the hot sort of... Um, it was the hot investment fund boutique investment fund, and they were going to list it as part of uh, i think uh was it pinnacle, pinnacle investments yeah. uh-huh. uh, they are uh, they're sort of involved as well um, and they have shelved it, which is unusual, but as you say there's so many of these things coming out it's you know it 's such a good ruse let 's face it um, you know especially um, if you offer some some options as well, that's always a really good ruse and that's been used by a couple of the high-profile ones, so you just offer a one-for-one free option and uh, as long as you don't blow up the joint in a year's time, you get basically, you can double the size of your fund without doing anything, it's, it's a terrific policy, but um, yeah, this one looks... Um, it, it got to the minimum target of about 73 million, they say, um, but they wanted to raise 200. And, you know, they used lots of excuses and mm. spun it a bit, but I suspect they were struggling. You know, it didn't. It wasn't a good, probably, a period to do it when you have got Wall Street dropping 800 points, and yeah. you know we're down 300 points, and they're trying to raise money for a, for a high-risk yeah. fund. And they've got this other one that's
1: floating around, heart and souls, or some. some
2: yeah, some that'll matter. make you all feel good. And if you want to feel good, okay. go for Future Generation, which is the Jeff Wilson-backed charity, one with no fees, um, and that, pro- that gives one uh, percent of its um, uh, net asset value every year to uh, a bunch of charity. You can even, if you've got a big enough shareholder, you can even nominate which charity you want your part of the fee to go to. So, and they perform quite well. Okay. So, yeah.
1: And then well. a new listing, a new blockchain listing. Um, yeah. Uh, identi- identity. Oh. Identities.
2: Uh, yeah, identity. I mean? Yeah, I, I think that i was talking to a crypto expert around here at Marcus today, a young man by the name of Sean, who is well up on all these things and um, he's having a little look. So um, it does look as if it's a sort of business that National Bank would like to, uh, wish, or should buy because it's all about um, uh, confirming identity and knowing who you're dealing with and all this sort of thing and, and anti money laundering and anti terrorism mm-hmm. and all this, which, uh, as, as we know, um, some of these guys have not been too hot on this so maybe they need to get some of these um, startups or um, all these you know, IPOs that we've got now coming on um, in their camp as well, but um, yeah, interesting one good, good debut, I think it listed at 75 it's about 85 now yeah, yeah, about 85. Yeah. So, yeah, not doing too bad down, they, down, prices are down. Well, they're not
1: going to be doing that anymore. <laughs> no. It's going to be no. convenience, convenience, I think.
2: Yeah, so they'll have to find a new state
1: to close, Tom. Yeah, so they're, <laughs> they're, because food prices are apparently rising, and they, they can, which doesn't surprise me, to be honest, and they can't no. squeeze any more out of the suppliers. Um, no. So they're going to concentrate on convenience instead of um, yeah. prices. Right, I'm not sure
2: how they're going to do that, but there you go. They're probably... Smarter people than me, but you think that apart from pushing up the um, offerings in garages and things, uh, which would be the, the the probable way to go but otherwise yeah i don 't know st- i 'm still struggling to get over the, the whole plastic bag thing. I end up buying three things and juggling the other three and then dropping some and it 's just it's just a nightmare but um it 's going to be interesting to see how the coal 's uh, demerger does pan out when it all goes through, assuming that shareholders agree to it. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So um, I think they need to keep rolling out those little products that they had, the little foamy ones or whatever they were that the kids love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Kids love those. That was a massive coup for them. I don't know why they don't do it all the time.
1: Uh, But I remember when I was a kid, they used to have stuff like that they'd give out. I can understand why. It's just what they used to give out, little
2: trucks. Yeah, but but some of them were trading on eBay at ridiculous prices.
1: Oh, Henry, we could have made a market in
2: that. Yeah, well, yeah, some of the, the highly sought-off ones, like dishwasher tablets, little baby dishwasher tablets, they were you know, hundreds of dollars.
1: Oh. Crazy stuff. Yes, to me, they might that might be a new product line they could start
2: to sell. Yeah. So do we,
1: do we have a date for this separation? I
2: I, uh... Uh, I think it's December sometime. Yeah, OK. Yep. So I think uh, they've got to get through the, the, the meeting first. Oh, well, that'll Riddle. happen. That'll well
1: yeah, well. um, yeah. And BHP, BHP's
2: cut their copper, copper production targets. Yeah, yeah that's, they've been having some, some issues, and they have cut production targets, but they still think they're going to kind of make it as long as the weather's good. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, certainly the stock's been under a little bit of pressure. Um, resources generally have been, I guess, a bit flippy-floppy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a good rally in, uh, in the market off its lows in the last few days in some of the tech stocks and a wild ride in afterpay as you probably are aware as well so that's that's been a very interesting uh, stock um, dropped 18% yesterday and then uh, and now it's up um 17% today. Well, ASIC's, ASIC's talking about trying to
1: regulate them or something, aren't
2: they? Well, that, that's yeah, that, that came out. There's going to be a Senate inquiry into uh, into that kind of space, and, and the problem is that, as usual with this, the disruptive technology companies and these fintech guys, they have sort of marched way ahead of the regulations, and then there's there's a sort of a hole behind them where they can sort <laughs> of um, escape some of those regulations. I don't think Afterpay's got. Too much to worry about. and I'm, I'm hoping that um, you know they'll be able to actually get the big tick of approval and say, you know, what well, we're really not credit providers. We're, a, you know, we're not a payday lender. We're not the bad boys. We are, um, you know, some, something that allows people to uh, to budget and spread payments over four payments as opposed to one. Um, the danger is that you then get addicted to this thing and you're forever in 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 their pocket. But they don't charge you interest. They only charge you late fees, um, and that even those are capped. So. It's, it's, it's been an absolute market, darling. It's gone ballistic, mm-hmm. got to $22, got to $11 yesterday, it's $13 today. It's up and down like you wouldn't believe this one, but um, it's,
1: um, it's got a big push into the US as well, which makes it look interesting too. Yeah, and A2 Milk, A2 milk was another stock that continues to
2: yeah. China.
1: And so they're increasing sales in China, but Nestle's now trying to join the bandwagon.
2: Yeah, I saw this the other day that uh, Nestle have got a uh, a new A2 product. Um, I think it's even got probiotics or something in it as well. So, um, you know, it's I guess it just shows you this is a very lucrative market in China. You're never going to have it all to yourself. There's some big guys in Europe um, that can equally uh, come into the market. They've got big uh, marketing budgets, big spending power. Um, There's going to be some changes in January in terms of the the product labeling. I think the English labeling goes out the window, and it's all got to be Chinese labeling, which then I guess makes it slightly harder for you to differentiate yourself, maybe. Um, And, and, you know, some of these Chinese like buying the stuff that you can buy on the shelf in Australia because they then know that it's pure and it's not been adulterated in any way, and, you know, they've had some that so, those Daigoo channels have been very significant in helping to build brand awareness. Um, I'm not sure that Nestle have the same kind of cachet of uh, as someone like uh, you know, Bellamy's or A2 Milk, but, uh, but um, you know, people that tried Blackmore's, had a go at it as well, and they didn't do very well at it either. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but you can't, you're never going to have that playing field all to yourself forever.
1: Ah that's right so do you know if Blackmores have still got that product on the market or is
2: it I don't think they do I think they pulled it off yeah, I think, they, I think they pulled the pin on it because it was a joint venture with Bega, with, uh, with Bega. Yeah. and I think it went so badly that they just kind of pulled the yeah. pin and wrote the money off and said you know what we'll just stick to what we do best which is give people little tablets
1: lots of patience they're mixing
2: up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so okay.
1: anyway okay thanks for that Henry right. we'll talk to you next week
0: Many of us may not want to think about it. it. Might be uncomfortable, but at at one point or another, we all have to be uh, have to plan our estates. And you were saying before we came on today that uh, some the average estate now you can be pushing a million dollars. Oh, it's
1: not a, it's not unusual for an estate these days to be a million dollars. Mm. I mean, and 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 as as we discussed, it's principally the two two major reason, things that are the, the driving that is the the value of the house prices, mm. and you know the inner city. Suburbs is you know Adamstown, Lampton New Lambton, those type of middle class type suburbs it's not unusual now for the house prices to be a million and then of course this to it to the other the the other thing which, which you know the secondary thing that 's kind of driving it is um, um superannuation balances, and people are kind of retiring now with an average of um, according to the stats around three hundred thousand in superannuation uh, and that's only going to go up as as time goes on so depending on when you pass away mm-hmm. you, you could be looking at an average just be of you a know, million to a million and a half
0: and particularly with the retiring age being put back um, yeah. for one reason or another and we haven't even talked about well, savings yet now.
1: that's been stopped Good, yeah. So you're Good. back to
0: sixty-seven, Mark. <laughs> Good. Uh, so that'll be so, hip but that'll be here before we know it, though. So we need to, I guess, plan for um, our states, and I guess that all begins with having a strategy in place. Yeah, you,
1: you know. You, you need to have a you know one one, of the ways to keep your costs down because you know you've got to get the lawyers to draft the will and you know you can soon run up legal unnecessary legal costs there so what you what you what what you need to do is to to minimize your legal costs you need to have before you go and see your solicitor how you want your estate divided up um you know if you're going to go in there and have a chat to him or her and they're going to charge you for the four hours you're in there having a cup of tea while you're discussing, you know, which kids upset you or you know, and all the, these things. And, and
0: the staples and the sugar satchels yeah, in the know, tea. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're,
1: they're, they're they're professional and they're going to charge you for the time. So if you want to you want to keep your time down and you want to keep your costs down, um, you need to work out before you go before you go to um, your, your solicitor to draft the estate is um, how you want the how you want the estate divided up. And then your, your solicitor can advise you on how to prepare the will and, and and legally how to to um um get it put in place. Now you should not go and buy one of those things from the News agency oh, Like
0: a, a kid on the you see on the TV or something. Mm.
1: Yeah, because wills have all got to be. There's ways they've got to be witnessed and who can sign them and 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 they've got to be carefully drafted. Otherwise, you you'll end up with consequences that you 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 didn't
0: and I guess some of those consequences we could be talking about the a will being contested, for example. Yeah
1: wills can be contested. Um, assets can be be held in different structures, for example. You could you could say I leave the the the, the holiday house to Jimmy Smith but the hello house is actually held in the family trust or something, mm-hmm. or the the investment property in Beaumont Street is, is in Street's held in the family trust, so it's not yours to leave. So you've got to structure that to pick up the assets. So you, you need to know which assets are held by which structures as things become more complicated and estates become larger. It's important that you know you leave the things, get the thing right, otherwise you'll end up perhaps completely opposite to what you intended.
0: And I guess that comes back to your first point, Stephen, about having that strategy there and having the conversations before it be, you go and have the legal conversations, talk to the family, talk to, to those that, who you want to benefit and, and sort of have those, be it uncomfortable conversations, well ahead of time.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessary. And, well, it, it may be uncomfortable, but, but some people, some people...
0: Depending on the people, I guess. Depending
1: on the people, and, 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 you know, there can be imports about, you know, for example, there there can be tax consequences that you don't think about. For example, if you've got... Um, someone's got a house and a holiday house and they're, they're basically the same value and you're going to leave one to the the, the daughter and one to the other daughter or son or whoever you're going to do it. So you've got two significant assets and two children. Uh, the, the house that you leave... It's got no capital gains tax on it. Provide yourself within disposal with two years, or you. But the whole of the house has got a tax liability attached to it, so you might think you're leaving equal amounts, but you're in fact not. So you need to, for the more complex things, you need to get some advice. And the, whole of the houses aren't aren't that unusual anymore either.
0: Okay. That's yeah. so, uh, It's a good point because, like you said, you don't want to leave somebody with a tax bill, and you think you're leaving the house. you think
1: you're leaving them five hundred thousand dollars
0: of of
1: assets or a million dollars of houses each Mm. and one's got a tax liability attached for three hundred thousand to it (laughs) so they're only getting really seven so 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 that's right so you need to think about that and and then when you're structuring your will you can use you can set up things called testamentary trusts they've got a number number of tax um advantages um the the tax three thresholds um apply to to Distributions to your children or your grandchildren out of those, um, which can have a significant tax advantage, and they can be used for uh, asset protection strategies. If, if um, there's some issues um, with your children or the beneficiaries you're intended to leave um, some assets too, so you can instead of leaving them directly, you can set up a trust in your will that those those assets go to the children or your beneficiaries.
0: We are talking estate planning at the moment and good afternoon Scott you have a question uh, about wills for Stephen today.
3: Yeah mate, how are you going? Good Scott, good? Okay, my brother's just passed away not long ago, okay? He didn't have a will. Yep. I was going for power of eternity and all that, what I got told to do but then I found out he had a stroke so he couldn't read, couldn't write.
1: OK, so, so you can't get a power I'm, of attorney after... A
3: power of attorney ceases when someone passes. Yeah, yeah but I'm the next to kin. But I was the next of on everything else, okay I'm fifty I'm 50% beneficiary of everything else. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one who's paying for his funeral fund and everything, mate. So... Now, I've been trying to get hold of his kids and all that. Nobody wanted to come to the party. The Doll office didn't want to help me. The coppers, nothing. So, you know, at the end of the day, they don't, they knew about it, but... They didn't
1: come and see it. So, so, is there, so, what's the kind of question?
3: Well, how do I go about now? Because he's got bills like financial, like bills like his feed and all that. Because I'm the beneficiary
1: of that. Okay. And so, 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 is there assets in the estate? Well, it's only just that
3: one, mate.
1: Which is what.
3: C-bus,
1: superannuation. OK, well, superannuation doesn't generally form part of the estate, so what you would do is the, the C-bus, provided is put in this um, by the sound of a binding death nomination, they should just pay yep. that money directly to you. Yeah, that is that it? No other questions asked about it, then? Nah, if he's put in a binding death nomination to name you as the beneficiary, the money will be paid straight to you. Oh, that's all right.
3: Because, I mean, yeah, all the rest of them are been saying because... He's got two other kids, but they're not. They haven't seen him or nothing because he was an alcoholic and all
1: that. So yeah, it was just, Well, well, I mean that 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 really. The,
3: yeah, the, it's the, just the, it's the, just been playing on me mind, mate, and hearing that one today about the will and that, and yeah.
0: Well, if he's passed away, there's nothing you can do about the will. So Stephen, in in terms of
1: um, really Scott to talk about superannuation, yeah,
0: that's true. But Scott was saying that there were bills that obviously there would be. Would the superannuation, sorry, would the bills have to come out of that or?
1: No, well, if the trustee... If the, you've put a binding death nomination in, mm-hmm. the, the superannuation is a specific asset that doesn't fall part of the estate. So uh, if he's done the binding death nomination and, and, it, and it's valid, the trustee of the superannuation fund will pay that to the beneficiaries now.
0: So generally speaking, um, you've got your superannuation, whether it's 500 or $500 million, yeah. um, you have that particular document set up in play for it to go to... Personal people X, it just that just goes there.
1: That just goes there. See it's not part of the estate. Now if 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 you if you don't have that document in place, the the trustee would would would, has has got a discretion as to where they would pay it. Now from what he's saying, if I was a trustee I'd just pay it all to the state and let them someone else fight over it. If, the, if there's no binding death nomination in place because they don't want to be involved in this legal sphere,
0: So that is a very important document to have.
1: Uh, superannuation, superannuation sits outside of the estate generally, right? So you need to put in a binding death nomination and that will determine where the money gets paid. Now, if you don't do that, the trustees have, have a discretion as to where they pay the money. Um, And the problem with that is a lot of times there's no issues, but the problem becomes if various people start to make claims on the trustees and they've then got to start to make a decision. Um, If, if, for example, mum and the kids all agree that the money's going to go to mum, that's fine. Fine. Right? But if the kids say they want some and the mum wants some, and then it becomes even more complex if um, there's a blended family and you've got stepkids or kids from the second marriage in, you'll end up with a huge legal mess if the trustees then have to make a decision as to who it gets paid to. Um... So you definitely need to put a binding death nomination into your superannuation fund.
0: And that document even more important, as you said, Stephen, as uh, superannuation becomes an even bigger part of, uh, bigger part of well, our it's, life.
1: Well, it's not, not insignificant now.
0: True, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last question for today, Carol. Good afternoon to you. You've got a question on capital management for Stephen.
3: Yes, I have. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I've uh, received from IAG a capital management initiative Um, and have I got to do something about this or can you explain a little bit about it? What are they asking? Well, it's just saying here 25 cents per ordinary share Mm -hmm. capital turn 19.5 cents special dividend fully franked 5.5 cents with dividend reinvestment not available on the large amount but available on the 5.5 cents
1: Okay, so they're just paying you a special dividend. Is
3: there
1: anything I have to do? Bank the the cheque. Oh. That's all you have to do. No, there's nothing you have to do. You just need to... um, uh, like I said, bank the cheque or when it, make sure it's going into your bank account electronically. They probably sent it electronically. So make sure it shows up and just um, declare that um, special dividend in your tax return. So you need to keep that statement for your uh, tax return at the end of 2019. So that's all
3: right. right
1: yeah. so I should receive two different amounts. Oh, I don't know. They might pay this one or they might pay as two. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Carol.
0: I guess uh, Stephen, just for Carol's uh, benefit, there, just keep an eye on her bank statements or a bank book, and and make hopefully sure that it comes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Make sure she gets the money, and that's not a bad bonus coming up to Christmas.
0: No, no, absolutely. No, and like you fine. said, Carol, make sure you bank that cheque. Uh, Stephen, any last word on estates? We have got about thirty seconds.
1: Um, yes. While we're talking about dividend reinvestment plans, if you're going, if you've got a share portfolio and you're reinvesting the dividends, make sure you keep all the dividend reinvestment plan notices because it can be very expensive when you pass away having to go back and recreate all those cost bases for maybe 20 or 30 years.
0: And I guess that's a, a headache and a heartache you don't it's, want to put on your family. Mm.
1: righty, that is it
0: for Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. Stephen, you'll be back next week. Thank you next week. week.